Welcome to the Rockcast. My name is Monty. I identify as a black female who is eligible to play in the WNBA. And my pronouns are that and it. And if you don't agree with any of that, well, you're probably a racist or just a horrible person. But now that I've got all that cleared up, so glad you could join me. Today I'm going to be very random. I'm going to be all over the place. I'm going to be playing some cool tunes and just talking about all kinds of stuff. But I'm going to get things going with a question from Christian in Germany. And I thought this was an interesting one because Christian says, Hey Monty, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Good question. Well, Christian, as you know, I'm kind of an old guy. And by now you would think that I had done it all, but no. I moved to Colorado about a year ago, and in the past year, I've done all kinds of things for the first time. For instance, my girlfriend Alex and I went to Mount Rushmore. I'd never been there before, and that was pretty cool. I'd never been to Mile High Stadium or Ball Arena or Coors Field in Denver, and I got to go to hockey and ball games and all of those this year. I'd also never seen the Royals play anywhere other than Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. But a couple of weeks ago, I went and saw him play the Rockies in Denver, and that was really weird. Because I've been a Royals fan for over 40 years. But since moving to Colorado, I've become a Rockies fan, and there were my two favorite teams playing each other. But it was a great game, and we saw five home runs and had a great time. But that was kind of a first. But I guess I'd have to say that the coolest and most recent first thing I've ever done was, get ready for this, I made refrigerator magnets. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. That's right, refrigerator magnets. You see, over the years I've done hundreds of paintings. Like, I think I've done about 150 to 200 in the last two or three years. And I had pictures of most of them, and I had all the album covers and album artwork that I've done. And one day I got the idea, hey, why don't I make magnets out of all these? They'll be like miniature paintings. And so I did, and they turned out really cool. And the only real problem was trying to figure out how to sell them. But I finally came up with a way, and they are now for sale on my website, monicalvinart.com. You just go to my website, look for magnets and stuff, click on that and it will take you to the page where it has pictures of all the magnets that I have. And so far I've got about 132 on there. And each magnet has a number. And all you gotta do is write down the number of the ones you want. And then you can message me and tell me which ones you want or if you're gonna use Venmo, there's a note section in there, just tell me there. And if all else fails, just email me or message me and I'll explain it. But if you've seen my art, you know what it is. All kinds of rock stars and celebrities and stuff from movies and my gas fist paintings. 
And for all of you nerds, and I know you're out there, I've got numerous magnets of King's X, I've got Baby Yoda, and I've even got Spock. <laughs> and if you're a super nerd, you're going to want to collect all these. Because let's be honest, that's what nerds do. You collect things. In the past, I've collected action figures and baseball cards. And now I collect these. So get to my website, montycalvinart.com, and geek out. And I guarantee you're going to love these magnets. Everyone that's bought them so far has loved them. My girlfriend loves them. And more than anything, I love them. In fact, I love them so much that I've decided to change my name. Huh? That's right. Once again, I know I told you back during the pandemic that I was going to change my name to Monty COVID. But from now on, you can just refer to me as Mr. Magnet. Isn't the name terrific? Yeah, I think it's very catchy, and hopefully someday I'll just be known as that magnet guy. But until then, it's Mr. Magnet. And I'm sure some of you know that years ago I wrote a song called Mr. Magnet, and even though it had nothing to do with refrigerator magnets, I think it'll make a great theme song. What do you think? Okay, so I forgot the part in the song where it says he's a loser. I might have to edit that out. But other than that, I think it works. Loser!
You're a loser! Okay, so I got some comments and feedback about the last episode, and several of you liked my list of people who should be slapped. Dean Book said I nailed it and it was completely on the mark. But Matt Corr, who lives in Canada, said that I should have included Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada. And to that I say, good call, Matt. I completely forgot about Trudeau and he should have been at the top of my list. That guy seems more like a fascist dictator than a servant of the people. But that's just me. I don't live in Canada. Well, obviously. In other comments, I had several of you tell me that that song by Starbuck that I played uh, was kind of disturbing. As in, after you heard it, you couldn't get it out of your head and you wanted to get it out of your head. And yeah, I understand completely. It was that way for me. When Alex and I first heard that song, for weeks we went around singing, Moonlight feels right. <laughs> wow, that is so incredibly creepy. But there's a whole lot of songs like that. For instance, right now on TV there's a commercial, and it uses that Hootie and the Blowfish song, I only want to be with you. And I find myself going around the apartment singing that, even though I hate that song. And I'm sure they're nice guys and all, but God, did I hate Hootie and the Blowfish. But to be fair, there were just a lot of bands in the 90s that I hated. Everybody decided that metal was kind of uncool and you couldn't have fun anymore. And all the singers just started sounding the same. They all kind of just yardled. Like Hootie was doing the letter cry. And Eddie Vedder was going even through. And then Scott Weiland heard Eddie Vedder and he decided to go, and the dogs begin to smell her. And then Scott Stapp from Creed said, hey, I can do that. And it all just drove me crazy. But even worse than that were the groups that I like to refer to as the dirty hippie bands. And I don't know exactly what all these bands were actually classified as, but I do know they were all over the radio and MTV and I was just sick of it within the first year. And to explain to you what I'm talking about, I'm gonna go through a list of my top 10 least favorite dirty hippie bands. Starting with number 10, The Black Crows. Oh, hey! Okay, I'm sorry, I know a lot of you probably liked them or still do, I just never have. To me, they were just kind of boring roots rock, and they looked like dirty hippies. That is uncalled for. Number nine is Blues Traveler, and I'm sure they were great musicians and all that. And wow, was that harmonica player ever amazing. I just don't happen to want to listen to a band whose main instrument is a harmonica. You're intolerant. Number eight is Dave Matthews. Again, kind of the same thing. I'm sure he's talented. I just don't want to hear like ever. What is wrong with you? Number seven is Alanis Morissette. I didn't hate all of her music. Uh, she just reminded me of a dirty hippie. I think that is fair. Now the next two bands, their lead singers, in my opinion, were the poster children for the dirty hippie movement. At number six, I have the Spin Doctors, and at number five, I have Counting Crows. And yes, I hated their voices and I hated their songs. But more than anything, they both just looked like they needed a bath. You're mean. Number four on my list has the distinction of being one of my least favorite bands of all time. 
It's 10,000 maniacs. I can't decide what would be worse. Having to sit through an entire album and hear Natalie Merchant's mumbling voice or being forced to go to Coachella and hearing 10,000 bands who sound like 10,000 maniacs. It would all suck. This is beyond abusive. At number three, it's one of the ultimate dirty hippie bands, Blind Melon. They pretty much had it all. They looked like hippies, their music was mellow and boring, and their singer died of a drug overdose. It was perfect. And yet, not even their video with the girl in the bee costume could keep me from hating them. So raise your hand if you also hated All I can say is that my life is pretty plain. Ah! At number two, it's Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians. I mean, right there, the New Bohemians. They admitted it. They were hippies. Edie Brickell looked like a hippie. And her music was incredibly boring and lame. Maybe that's why Paul Simon was attracted to her. Could be. Now, before I get to number one on my list, let me tell you something that I noticed about all these bands on my list. Besides the obvious, which was they all look like they needed a shower, none of these bands kicked any ass. Besides the Black Crows, who did rock a little bit, most of these bands were very safe. It was a lot of acoustic guitars, very little distortion, and no heavy riffs, ever. It was just the kind of stuff where you could go to an outdoor concert, smoke a lot of weed, get high on whatever, listen to this lame crap, and fall asleep. And all these bands got hugely popular with their crappy hit songs that still haunt me today. And that's why at number one, my least favorite dirty hippie band is Four Non Blondes. I know the lead singer of this band went on to write hit songs for other people and be a producer, but this is the only song I ever knew by Four Non Blondes, and to this day, I hate it. And so I wake in the morning and I step outside and I take a dip You know, every now and then I'll hear this song playing over the intercom inside of a store. And all I can do is grab a bag of Twizzlers and run out of that store as fast as I can. Okay, I know I just got through doing a top 10 list, but I'm going to do another one. Because I also told you this episode was going to be random, and now I'm going to hold true to my word. And this list is going to be my top 10 random thoughts and random topics at the moment. And I'll start this out by saying, uh, you know how I just got through reading you a top 10 list of bands from the 90s that I hated? Well, here's one from that era that I didn't hate. At number 10, it's the Crash Test Dummies. Who? 
And yeah, I know you probably don't understand this and you think I'm crazy, but let me explain. The other day, Alex and I were talking and the name Elvis Costello came up. And I said, oh yeah, I love Elvis Costello. In fact, I went to see him back in the 90s in Houston. And I even got to go backstage and meet him and get a picture with him. And Alex said, oh, was that at the Woodlands? And I said, yeah. And she said, oh, I was there too. And I said, wow, no kidding. Well, it was a great show. And uh, remember the crash test dummies opened. And she said, oh yeah, I like them. In fact, I had their album. And I said, well, me too. And so she gets out her phone with the Apple Music on it and she downloads that album and we sit there and listen to it. And I thought, you know, that band was so different. Their singer had this baritone voice and the words were really quirky. And I think they only had the one hit. It was called Mm Mm Mm. And you probably either loved that song or hated it. And I was one of the people who loved it. Once there was this girl who wouldn't go and change with the girls in the I thought the video for this song was great, and I especially related to the lyrics. I know they come off just kind of as uh, weird and humorous, but to me, when I hear it now, I think it's about uh, people that go through life just accepting everything that they're told, and they don't even really know why they do what they do. They just do it because uh, that's the way it's always been. Another thing I love about this song is that it kind of has a chorus, but the chorus has no words. It's just mm mm mm, and that's kind of genius. So that's number 10. Crash Test Dummies were a band that I didn't hate in the 90s. 
And I hear they're doing another tour this year, so good for them. Never heard of them. Random thought number nine is NHL hockey is intense. Yeah, yeah, it is. I've been a hockey fan for a long time. I used to root for the Buffalo Sabres. In fact, if you ever see the video for the Galactic Cowboys song, Nothing to Say, I'm actually wearing a Dominic Hasek uh, Buffalo Sabres t-shirt. But since moving to Colorado, I've become a huge fan of the Avalanche. And I watched just about every game they had this year on TV, and we also went to about four games. And it was always great, but now that the playoffs are going on, oh my god. I will sit there for three hours on pins and needles. And it's just one of the most intense sports ever. It's basically non-stop action, guys are getting smashed into the glass. And your team can go from winning to losing in just a matter of seconds. Now compare that with the NBA, where most of the games are blowouts, the referees are idiots, and half the game is spent over on the side watching the video replays. And the players, for the most part, are just arrogant a-holes. Now I still watch some NBA because I love basketball, but I'm telling you, there is nothing like NHL playoff hockey. It seems to me to be very, very boring. At number eight, well, you won't believe this, but uh, I've been watching some TV. No! Yeah, it's true, but uh, not as much as you would think. I'll get up of a morning and watch something I've recorded, like uh, Tucker Carlson, or maybe a show where they talk about sports, and I'll do that while I'm eating breakfast. And that's about all till the evening when I watch usually a ball game or something like that. And then Alex will get home from work about 9.30 and we'll walk the dogs. And then we'll settle in for some TV watching before we go to sleep. And for the past few months, we've been watching old reruns of Hell's Kitchen. Ew. Yeah, I know every episode is pretty much the same. A bunch of really bad chefs who don't even know how to cook rice get humiliated and yelled at by Gordon Ramsay. But the thing is, uh, I just love me some Gordon Ramsay. The guy is awesome. And I know he seems unusually mean at times, but I think all he's really trying to do is motivate and get the best out of people. And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, there is. The other thing I'm watching is the final episodes of Ozark. And I haven't finished it yet, and I'll be really sad when it's over, because that is one of the best shows I've ever seen. The acting is great, and you're never really sure what's going to happen. One of the main characters may just get their head blown off, and you're sitting there going, whoa. So if you've never seen Ozark, I definitely recommend it. It's almost as intense as uh, NHL hockey. It's also on Netflix, which means there are no commercials. And that would bring me to random thought number seven. I hate commercials. Have you tried to watch YouTube lately? I swear to God, I think they're trying to beat me into submission. They're like, sure, you can watch these videos for free, or you can pay us not to harass you every 60 seconds. They're evil. I've got a Roku, so I can watch YouTube on my TV, and I'm not even exaggerating. If I want to watch a nine-minute instructional video on, let's say, how to glue a piece of wood to your head, that video will get interrupted about five times with commercials. 
And by the time I get to the end of it, I'm so frustrated by the commercials that I'm not even able to actually glue a piece of wood to my head. And that's a shame. Now, when I watch regular TV, I expect the commercials. But once again, I've talked about this on previous episodes. What happened to all the white people in commercials? They're gone. Once in a while, I'll spot one that is mixed in there amongst the uh, Hispanics, Asians, and black people. But for the most part, the white people are gone in commercials. And it's starting to give me kind of a complex. Because, you know, I'm white, and uh, do they just not want to sell stuff to me? I mean, I like pizza. Do they not want me buying their pizza? Or driving their cars? I do not! Who knows? But I did see a commercial the other day that actually caught my attention. It was for this haircutting salon called Great Clips. And they were showing all these guys, and of course they were all getting the very same haircut, which was short. And it made me think of the last time I was in one of those places. And I can't remember whether it was called Great Clips or Fantastic Sam's or Supercuts. But I found one in a strip mall because they're always in a strip mall. And this was back in the 80s. I just moved to Houston and I didn't know where to go. So I go walking into this place. And I figure, well, it's a franchise, so they must have highly qualified hairstylists. But no, the guy butchers me and I would never return. Turns out, if you want anything other than a buzz cut, do not go to Great Clips. Because honestly, they're not that great. And if I were making a commercial for them, I'd probably change their slogan to something like, Great Clips, when your hair just really isn't that important to you. That's not good. But I think for me, the worst commercial I've ever seen, ever, is the one with the women taking a poop. Ooh! Did you see that one? They literally had women sitting on the toilet, and they're saying stuff like, Women poop. I'm pooping. I love to poop. And the weird thing is, is that I was so confused and kind of revolted that I don't even remember what they were selling. But I got to thinking, you know, maybe they should have gotten together with Colaguard and they could have just said, I'm a woman and I'm crapping in a box. Isn't that disgusting? Random thought number six, Rammstein. Brutal! Yes, as you know, I'm a big Rammstein fan. And Alex and I are actually going to go see Rammstein in August or September, I can't remember. Because we literally bought the tickets about a year ago. And had I known back then that uh, Biden was going to ruin the economy and gas prices were going to go through the roof, I probably wouldn't have planned that trip. But we've got the tickets and we're going to go ahead and try and do it. Because if you're not aware of this, Rammstein puts on the greatest concert in the history of mankind. And I know KISS puts on a great show and they are one of the creators of the big massive rock and roll concert. But to me, Rammstein has even surpassed that. And a couple of weeks ago, Rammstein put out a new album. It's called Zeit. At least I think that's what it's called. At any rate, let's check it out. Im Wasser und zu Land ist uns viel Getier bekannt. Rastlos durch ihre Reviere streifen, darf man sich nicht dran vergreifen. 
Like pretty much all Rammstein albums, this one's in German, and it's got some awesome heavy riffs. But for me, it was a little ballad heavy, and I'm usually fine with ballads, but when it's all in German, it's hard for me to relate or understand what he's saying, and so I'm not really feeling it. But there are some special moments, but on a scale of one to five bloody metal skulls, I can only go maybe three. It's good, but I wouldn't say it's as great as some of their older stuff. Just play the song already! Continuing on with my list, at number five, the random topic, is the USFL. Uh, Apparently, there are some people who just cannot get enough football. Apparently, the five or six months of the NFL is not enough to suffice. So, I guess we needed another league so we could watch football all year round. Now, the problem for me is that uh, it's kind of like asking me to watch minor league baseball. I know there's a few of these guys that are going to be up in the big league someday, but I'm not really interested in watching them play until they get there. So even though I'm a huge football fan, uh, I haven't watched a minute of it yet, but maybe I will someday. However, I did hear that one of the teams is named the Pittsburgh Maulers, and I kind of found that an interesting choice for a mascot. I mean, I have no problem with it, and uh, I guess it could have been worse. You know, it could have been something like uh, the Pittsburgh Molesters. Now, that wouldn't have been good. But in a world where everyone is offended at everything, I would have thought somebody would have taken exception to the Maulers. I mean, you're no longer allowed to have a team called the Redskins or the Indians, but you can have the Maulers. Maybe if you're a person who likes to maul, then uh, you're probably okay with the name. I find this offensive. At number four, it's things I understand and things I don't understand. For example, I understand spending $100 on a ticket to a ball game or a concert. I'd rather not pay that much, but hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, and there's nothing wrong with it. What I don't understand is why anyone would pay $5 or more for a cup of coffee. 
In other words, if you're going to Starbucks and you're getting four shots of espresso and you're putting it over ice or whatever you're doing to it, I don't know, and you're paying like six bucks, that's just wrong. And there's no excuse for it. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of you guys out there who are listening who are musicians and you'll totally understand this. When I say I have no problem spending over $500 to $1,000 on a guitar or a bass. However, I will never understand anyone who would spend over a dollar for sunglasses. What a complete waste of money. It is ridiculous. Okay, number three on my list is a question. The only problem is I don't remember who asked me this question. So I apologize to that person, but I do remember what the question was. And basically it was that he liked the prints I make from my paintings, but he wondered how does one go about making prints. Okay, well first of all, I've had people for years say, hey, you should make prints. Have you ever thought about making prints? And for years my answer was, well, maybe someday. Well, I think it was October or November of last year, I finally decided to do it. And in the beginning, I just took photos of a few of my paintings, like the one I did of Eddie Van Halen, and I had a Hendrix and a Galactic Cowboys. And I'd take them to different print shops, and I went to Staples and Office Depot. But they were charging me a whole lot to make them. And so I wasn't making much money, and I was having to charge a lot, and I was getting tired of driving back and forth to these office supply places. And I finally decided, you know, why don't I just invest in a nice printer, get some quality paper, and I'll just do it myself. And so that's what I did, and I know that sounds easy, but uh, there was quite a learning curve. There was a lot I had to learn about the printer itself and the printing process. And at first, I made a lot of mistakes. I wasted a lot of paper. But I eventually came up with a little system, and then I just started churning out the prints. And it's just become a great new way to get my art out there. And so that's kind of the brief history on how I started making prints. And the ironic part to the story is that all those people who said, Hey, you ought to make prints. I'd buy one if you made prints. Uh, not one of those people has yet to buy a print. But thanks to all those people for the suggestion because it's actually turned out to be a really cool thing. And if you'd like one of those prints, go to my website, montycalvinart.com, and there's a whole bunch of them for sale. And like I've said before, they're cheaper than a date at Applebee's. You take your wife or family out to eat, you're going to pay at least 50 bucks. Most of my prints are 35 and that includes the shipping. So order one today. I'll even throw in a free magnet if you tell me which one you want. And don't forget, it all goes to a good cause. This month, it's my car registration, which turned out to be about 400 bucks. But don't get me started on what a ripoff that is. Now let's go to something else. Random thought number two is my beard. Good God. I've had a goatee for a long time, and I've actually never grown a full beard because I can't. I'm follically challenged in the face area, and I can't deal with having a mustache because I'm always playing with it with my tongue, and it drives me nuts. So I just keep the goatee, and I'm fine with that, but this year I decided to do something a little different. And I thought, hey, maybe I'll dye it red. And so I did. And I didn't really think it was a big deal. But then I started getting all these comments from people. 
and they all said the same thing. What's up with the red beard? What's with the red? And so what I thought I'd do is right now I would answer all of those people at once. And I would give my explanation as to why the red beard. The only thing is it's a little bit complicated. And therefore I'm going to have to give you a top 10 list of reasons why. And I'm pretty sure this is the first time this has ever been done in the history of podcasting. This is a big deal. That's right. I'm giving you a top 10 list within a top 10 list. Holy crap. And so here we go with my responses to what's with the red beard. Starting at number 10. I like bright, colorful things. I'm an artist. Have you ever seen my paintings? I like color. Why not color myself? What sense does that make? Number nine, my girlfriend likes it. Hi! You see, Alex has really cool hair, and she's not afraid to change it. Since I've been with her, it's been brown and black, and now it's red, and she does it herself, and she's cool like that. And so she does it for me, and I don't even have to go to a salon. How can this happen? Response number eight, you've heard of my body, my choice. Well, in this case, it's my beard, my choice. I think you're making this up. At number seven, it's, well, I've never been totally normal. That's true. Over the years, I've done an array of weird things to my hair. In the 80s, I had a mullet for a while. In the 90s, I grew it down to my elbows and dyed it red. In the early 2000s, I had it spiked up and looked kind of like a punk. And so now putting a little red in my goatee is not really a huge leap. Talk about weird. At number six, believe it or not, my beard actually gets a lot of compliments now. I certainly never expected it, but every time we go to a ball game or to a store, invariably I get somebody going, hey, I like your beard. I even had one guy come up to me and say, hey, how'd you do that? I want to dye mine. So surprisingly, a lot of people seemingly like it. That's hard to believe. Rolling right along on this list inside of a list. Response number five is, I work from home. I don't have a quote, real job. So I don't have to please a boss or employer who's going to tell me what I have to look like. Oh, how convenient. At number four, and I've actually given this response to a couple of people, my beard is red because I gotta support the team. Hell yeah! Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs have red uniforms, and since I'm not a face painter, I'll just dye my beard red. Brilliant! Simply brilliant! At number three, it's I'm an artist and I'm a musician, so I can get away with it. When you're 63 and you still have long hair and a beard and you look kind of freaky, People are more accepting if they just think, oh, yeah, he's in a band. But if people don't like it, tough. I'm an artist. I'm supposed to be a little eccentric. But that's settling on your brain. At number two, yes, I'm 63, so guess what? I've got a little gray in my beard. And you know something else? I don't like that. Some women think gray hair on a man is attractive. But for me, there's plenty of time for that later. And so to avoid that for as long as I possibly can, I'm going to cover it up. Because why the hell not? Because you're such an a-hole. And finally, the number one response I give to people who say, what's up with the red beard? It's none of your damn business.
Okay, so that was a list within a list, but now getting back to the list that I was doing, uh, let's see, what was that? Oh yeah, it was random thoughts, and we were all the way up to number one. And the number one random thought that I'm having right now is the new Coheed and Cambria album is really good. It's called Vaxus 2, A Window of the Waking Mind. And let me give you a little taste of that right now. Coheed has always been kind of hit and miss for me. I had one of their early albums that I thought was amazing, and then I've had others that I thought were so-so or that I didn't really like. So I didn't know what to expect with this. They're real sci-fi. They're always telling some kind of story, and I never know what it's about. And once again, on this album, I have no idea what they're talking about, but I gotta say, the songs are really good. And they're great musicians, and they could be full-on prog. But with this one, uh, you know, they kind of mix it all together. Some of it's real poppy, and some of it's kind of complex. But by the end of it, I said, you know, this is just really good. I don't care what it is. Okay, so there you go. I gave you some top tens. I played you some cool tunes. And for most podcasters, that would be more than enough. But not me. I'm going to play you out with one more song. This is off the new album from Fozzie. And if you're not familiar with Fozzie, well, let me tell you. Their lead singer is Chris Jericho, the world-famous wrestler. And I like Chris for two reasons, and neither of them have anything to do with wrestling. The first reason is back in the early 2000s, Chris had a show on Sirius Radio. And one weekend, he played one of my crunchy songs, uh, I think it was Vampire Girl, and he said he liked it. 
And in the past, he's also said that he likes Galactic Cowboys, and I really appreciate that. The other reason why I like Chris Jericho is that uh, he's actually a really good singer, and he sings great on this new album. Now, one of my favorite things about Fozzie is their guitar player, Rich Ward. Rich is also the guitar player in Stuck Mojo, and he has one of my favorite tones ever. He's a really nice guy. I've met him a couple of times. He's a beast of a guitarist, and I just think he slays. So enjoy a little Fozzie and check out their new CD. It's called Boombox. But I've got to get out of here for now and get back to work on some paintings. And speaking of which, I've got a new episode of Art That Rocks. You can see it Friday, June 3rd at 8 p.m. all time zones. In other words, it doesn't matter where you live, just tune in at 8 p.m. It's on heavymetaltelevision.net. On this next episode, I'll be doing a painting of Cliff Burton from beginning to end, and I'll be talking about Cliff and Metallica while I do it. Also, be sure to go to my website, montycolvinart.com, and if you want to ask me a question or just talk to me, uh, you can do it there or on Facebook. But that's going to do it for me for now. I'll be back soon with more fun and mayhem. But until then, this has been Monty saying take care. Don't let anyone tell you what to like. uh, Unless it's me. And rock on.
that's it. 